Welcome to the Creating a Stronger Faith and Family podcast, hosted by myself, Jenny Hunter, an Advanced Certified Faith and Family Life Coach. This podcast is dedicated to helping you strengthen your faith and family relationships through practical tips and advice, inspiring stories, and engaging conversations. After working with hundreds of families, I bring my expertise and personal development and my deep faith to each episode, providing insights and strategies that you can apply to your own life. Whether you're a parent struggling to raising your children, a spouse looking to deepen your relationship, or someone seeking to connect with God on a deeper level, this podcast is for you. So if you're ready to take your faith and family relationships to the next level, join me for creating a stronger faith and family. Hello, my people. How are you? I got to tell you, I am recording this during a major thunderstorm. And I love that about summer. I am a girl who loves a rainstorm. And um, I just picked up my daughter and she had to walk, you know, a little bit in the rain. And, but I just love thunder and lightning. And I love that about Florida. That's one of the things I love about Florida is our summer rainstorms. And we had kind of a really dry winter. So it's just happy hearing the rain and we are in our last week in school. And so we're doing all the teacher gifts and the parties and all the things. And I got to tell you, I feel you, if you have more than one kid in school right now, we are down to one. And I just remember May being so, you know, May, summer, right? They call it, it is like the craziest time. Like you have to earn that summer with what you do in May. And I have five te- five sisters who are teachers and they keep texting back and forth of like, this last week of teaching the kids is insane, right? So if you're a teacher, if you're a parent, and I see you and you're doing amazing things, just so, just so you know, I promise you. But okay, I am going to talk about something that recently I felt, an emotion that I felt very strongly lately, or not lately, um, recently, and that is defensiveness. And defensiveness is a emotion that I really think there is no upside for. And it is just a emotion that keeps you um, in the place of not progressing in any relationship and it feels crappy. And, you know, I recently had um, to be really vulnerable. Uh, we had a discussion, my husband and I, and he said something and I got offended and then acted defensive and it didn't let go of me. It like, it kind of ruined our whole day together. And it made me think like, I need to really study this. Like what was going on with me? Because, you know, I, I, I do that with other clients, right? When I coach you, like when the defensiveness or when you feel defensive and, and I've done a lot of work to not go there, but it's always good for me to go there because I know I, then I still have some more work to do. And, you know, I'm really trying to study a lot of Christ attributes. And I, you know, I always go there first. So like, how did Christ handle defensiveness? And I think one of my favorite stories is when Mary and Martha and Lazarus died, right? Their brother died. And these were really close friends of Christ. And in fact, um, they sent a messenger to Christ saying, he's sick. He needs you. Can you come? And Christ purposefully did not come, right? He chose not to quickly go to them. And so when he got to their town, um, you know, Mary was there and I mean, Martha was there and she was like, oh, he's dead. And if you had been here, he wouldn't be dead. Right. And like, in some ways you could say she was kind of attacking Christ of like, 
if you, why weren't you here? Like, right. We're your friends. We love you. We know that you love us. And we were in our hour in need and you were nowhere to be seen. And I just loved Christ's example of how he showed up in that moment where clearly he had an agenda, right? Like uh, clearly he had a plan for Lazarus and for Mary and Martha and their story, but they had no, no idea. And he had good intentions and they didn't know his good intentions. And instead of defending and saying that of like, oh, it's totally going to be fine. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a grand scheme. Like it's going to be showing godliness here. Like it's such a good thing. He didn't defend his position. All he did was cry with her and show her compassion and advocate her and really just loved her and um, loved her where she was at without correcting her. And that is something I strive for. And I, I actually, I do that better when somebody says something to me usually than when I get defensive from somebody else, if that makes sense. Like if somebody, um, I'm feeling defensive, like I wasn't with my husband of like, you know, we were looking at something differently and his comment made me feel, you know, unseen and unloved, to be honest with you. And that wasn't his intention, but that was how I was choosing to tell the narrative of his comment. And I just was really watching myself that whole day of like, wow, like this, I'm really like bugged and defensive about this and really feel like I'm right. Right. Like our brain loves to feel right over connected and it stayed there for a good 12 hours, honestly. And I, I couldn't, even though I noticed it and saw it, I just could not let go of my narrative that I was holding on to. And, you know, really the question is, what is defensiveness? And, you know, there's like, it really is a vicious cycle, right? Um, and it's really a defense mechanism used to protect us. Um, and it's really done to, you know, if somebody says anything critical or um, if you feel angry or hurt or ashamed, then you will find your defenses going up. And this is just a normal emotion to feel, right? But I said, like I said, there's no upside for feeling defensive. And it really, our brain thinks it's protecting us against somebody's perceived threat. And usually, like I said, the perceived threat is kind of attack to our character or feeling a negative emotion, like unloved, guilt, or shame. But when this happens, like we, when we get defensive, it's almost like we, like, if you imagine you get more rigid in your thoughts and beliefs, right? You almost like attention, right? Like for the soldiers. And that's kind of what your brain does. And then it looks for blame the other person for how you're feeling, or you become critical of them or themselves. And, you know, I was feeling that and like, I was just not able to let it go. And so even though like I teach you really good tools, no, sometimes it takes a while for these emotions to let up, but you need to stay in the game with your brain. Okay. Um, you know, and really your brain is like, it's fear of rejection or abandonment or humiliation or failure. Defensive, it's like sneaks in without you realizing it. And that's the purpose. But like I said, it's a vicious cycle. Cause like when you try to direct the blame or defensive comes in any type of discussion, then it becomes really destructive to that, to that moment, to your relationship. And so if you get into patterns of defensiveness with a person, this is where you need to watch and re realize, like, if you're feeling defensive a lot with your spouse or with your children, 
then this is an area that I would highly recommend you working through with um, your therapist or your coach, because this will really do some lasting damage to your relationship. And luckily I don't have that much with my husband, but I was like, it was interesting having it pop up and just kind of watching me. And I've, all the work I've done, I've got really better about being a watcher of like where I'm at, but I still have those human being moments. Like I did where I'm describing it to you. Right. And like types of defensiveness, like I want, you know, like how it kind of shows up is you'll be bringing up the past. Like, like you're, it's not just talking about the moment that you're bothered. You're going to like bring in everything, all the evidence of, right. Of why, um, that you're defending your position. Um, it could show up in silent treatment where you're like ignoring the attempts to resolve um, and you just don't want to speak about it. So you need distance from them. Defensiveness shows up as gaslighting where you make the other person like kind of doubt their reality or their memory. Like you, you're trying to attack of kind of how they're looking at it um, or attack. Like you're trying to discredit them. Um, blaming is a type of defensive where you become um, criticized the other person. Like you don't just make it like um, you, that is a messy closet. You're like, you are a messy person. Right. Um, and you kind of playing the victim and where you're agreeing with the other person, but then making them feel guilty about it. And I got to tell you, I, that was kind of how part of my, how my defensiveness was showing up was like playing the victim. And um, it was just interesting because I, I was just like, why does my brain feel like there's upside to it? So I just, you know, these are the type of questions I want you to ask yourself in almost like a third person way when this comes up to, for you to get a little distance and leverage so you could really understand and change some of these patterns with what your brain goes to, you know, and let me go through the causes of defensiveness because some of it's learned from childhood and some of it is just like a pattern, like I said, but really it all comes down back to like, you feel like others don't care about you or you're afraid of rejection. You're feeling like not great about yourself that day, lack of confidence. Um, you're fear, fearing like failure. You're not knowing how to handle the criticism. You're avoiding conflict. Um, it might be some childhood trauma in there, some anxiety, um, reaction to like shame or guilt. Uh, if you're feeling shame or guilt of what they're saying, that might be your go-to reaction or you're afraid of the truth. <laughs> you're unwilling to admit that you could be wrong and your response or criticism of your behavior or character. Like, like nobody likes to feel like their character is being questioned and it could just be learned behavior. It could be how like your parents, um, talk to you and a family pattern. Um, but like I said, none of these are <laughs> upside for any of how you want to show up. And so how do you recognize if you're being defensive, recognizing that you're being defensive is really component, essential component to overcoming defensiveness. Like I told you, like all day this day, I saw I'm totally being defensive. I'm totally in victim mode here. And the first step is really recognizing it and seeing like the signs and, you know, the signs are you're blaming the other person for what they're criticizing you for. You're accusing the other person of being defensive or you're justifying your actions. Like I said, you're bringing up your past. You're not listening. You're making excuses. Um, or you're telling the other person they shouldn't feel how they feel. Okay. That is kind of, you know, if you're doing any of that, you're in defensiveness. So how you overcome it is once you realize you're being defensive, um, you got to ask yourself some questions like, why am I acting this way? Do I know how this, my behavior is affecting me? Is my defensive behavior like really helping the situation? Is there upside to it? Um, how am I feeling right now? 
How can I validate my emotions? Like all of these, like, and honestly, I was asking myself those questions during this day, but I was not able to get out of it. <laughs> and so I have really learned the value of watching yourself, but also watching, watching yourself with compassion where I was like, it's okay. You're defensive, Jenny. It's like, like letting you myself process that emotion. That is really a very important part of when you're feeling negative emotions or defending yourself. Um, and so if you don't like defensive, isn't that healthy behavior and what it's going to do, it's your brain will shut down and you won't get less defensive. You'll get more defensive if you don't start processing and seeing it. And so it feels almost like um, when you're processing your emotion, it almost feels like you're like you're running really fast on the treadmill and you're like having a hard, like you're feeling that heaviness in your body and hard to breathe. That is kind of like a normal um, way to feel a heavy emotion. Okay. Um, but an easy way to do this, not easy way, but how, kind of how I notice and get through defensiveness is the first is like, you got to recognize the physical signs of defensiveness. Um, and it's different for everybody. For me, like I said, it feels like a real heaviness. Um, like my heart's speeding up. I feel tense, anxious, or angry. Um, and like my mind is racing, like, like why I'm right. Like it's going to all the reasons and the evidence. And I kind of have stopped listening to the other person. Um, you also kind of look at your body language. Like, are you crossing your arms? Do you want to like leave the person, get some distance? Um, and do you feel like a strong urge to interrupt them? Like I'm not being defensive or you're trying to defend your position. Those are all signs, physical signs that you're full long in defensiveness. Okay. So in that moment, the best advice I could give you is to, you've got to calm down your nervous system. And the best way to bring down your nervous system is breathing. I know it's very simple. I know you're like, really, but that is the best way to, um, react and to slow your brain down and slow yourself down and not escalate a moment is to inhale slowly, then count to five and excel, exhale again to the count of five and make sure you take those long, deep breaths. Um, and you got to give yourself space to breathe and just kind of slowly focus on your breathing, like stop focusing on the thing like, okay, I'm just going to focusing on my breathing. Um, the other example I would tell you is to not interrupt. Um, interrupting really like when you're like, when you feel like you want to interrupt, like in this discussion, you know, you're in defensiveness, right? Where you're trying to like prove yourself that you're right and they're wrong. And this is, I want you to count to 10. And before you say anything, I just keep focusing on your breath, right? 10 and keep focusing on your breath, really controlling like how you're showing up. And for me, not everybody needs this. My husband certainly doesn't need this. Like if something's happening, he wants to discuss it right away. But for me, I always have to be like, listen, I know this is an important conversation, but I need 20 minutes. And there's two components that's really important there is you're the one who knows what you need, but you need to also communicate when you're going to come back and talk about this. Because I have worked with so many couples where they just kind of sweep it under the rug. They're like, well, if we didn't discuss it, we just, I'm like, you know, somebody will bring something to me and I'm like, okay, so how did you talk about it the next day? And they're like, oh no, we never talked about it again. And that is when the problem just kind of builds and the current, it's like undercurrent of your relationship and it kind of chips away at the um, goodness of your relationship. So learning how to 
say, listen, I want to talk about this, but right now I can't, and I need 20 minutes. You just say it in a calm way, but also say when you're going to come back those two ways, right? Know when it's, when you can't talk about it, that is up for you to decide, but always say when you want to come back and talk about it. Um, and also like when people are talking, don't say, but like, I remember a conversation with one of my children and they were saying, um, something that was kind of, um, felt unkind about me as a mom. And, um, I was so proud of myself, this conversation, I was so proud of myself because when they said it, I completely was like, I bet that if you think that I am so sorry, that must be hard. I'm sure like those emotions around that is so hard for you. And they were so surprised that I just validated them. Okay. And when we are good at validating the other person, they get better about validating us. And I think if I had, could have done that Saturday with my husband and said, listen, I, when you said this, this is how it made it made me feel. And that, and then when he said what he was upset about validated his emotions, I wouldn't have gone 12 hours with the irritation, but I was not in that space to do that. And I did not use that tool. Um, and so I was able to, uh, I did the opposite, right? I like counter criticized and I added the, but, and I really went to the, the defense of like why I was right and why he was wrong because I was feeling hurt. And I was taking it very personally. And that really is the crux of the problem with defensiveness is you usually are taking things personally that has nothing to do with you. And when you really just think like, if I could remember everybody's doing the best they can, that is to me like the best gift I could give to myself because um, when I stop taking it personally and when I really like assert like, okay, they are doing the best they can in this conversation and showing that love, then that gives me the moment to like calm myself down, to take care of me. Like, like we want the other person to make us feel a certain way. And that is not a great pattern because the better you get about show yourself that self-compassion and exercising that self-compassion, um, like showing yourself that kindness and that care that you had wished the other person had in that conversation. That is the difference with feeling defensive and non-defensive. Like when I compare the conversation with my child and my husband, when my child said things, I was like, oh, that's okay, Jenny, you showed up the best you can. And I was like thinking thoughts that did not trigger my defensiveness. Like I was then able to stay really receptive and very loving and in my conversation with my husband, I truly made it personally what he, what comment he said. And I went to like, not able to show up with self-compassion for myself. I went to, like I said, the victimhood. And I will leave you also with the last thing where I think um, is such a great tool to remember in really feeling defensiveness is the growth mindset. Meaning uh, my husband's favorite, um, one of his favorite sayings, which is all feedback is good. And he gets a lot of feedback between his job and his calling at church. And he is a great example to me of taking that feedback and not making it personalized and really, but also saying, well, what part of this is true? Um, and when you can really say like, I don't let go of the need to be perfect in every situation and let yourself be human. And when you um, normalize your humanness, and show that humanist self-compassion, then stay in like, and is, is there any part of this true? And that is 
like I said, what I did really well in my conversation with my child, where I was like, oh my gosh, I bet that is true. I bet he, they are right about that point and that I didn't show up the way that they wanted to. And I could see how he, they could think that, right? And so that really helped me um, be the person I wanted to in the conversation. So to recap, you're going to feel defensive in relationships, but that is you're probably what we call the primary emotion. We always have a primary emotion, but the work we do here is it gets you quickly to your secondary emotion. And your secondary emotion, I want you to feel a self-compassion where you're like, oh, that's kind of sucks what that was just said, but I could see, see the truth in it. Show yourself some love and try to just stay um, really like focus on your breathing, take it in and not make it about you. When you do those things, then you're able to have productive conversations and communication um, and the conflict that is coming up, you're able to be in that and have move your relationship forward. And this, and you could see that in Christ, right? When he, when um, Martha was like, well, have you had just been here, right? And all he did is just love her and, and, and cried with her and validated her feelings about how she felt about the circumstance. And so defending yourself is never going to really help, right? It is going to, um, it's never going to help your relationship with that person. It wouldn't have helped Christ in that situation when he just showed the love, then that calmed Martha down. And then he was able to um, do what he was need to do. So no, it's normal, but it's no upside of being defensive. So how do you get on defensive? Follow my steps. And next time you're in defense, kind of watch yourself. Like I said, I was watching myself Saturday and I was just really curious about myself and it didn't feel great. I got to tell you like, but I learned about myself and I was open to my growth in this. And that is all this life is, is you got to be open to the growth and be a little bit, um, open to how to get out of these things and how to show up differently the next time, but also like love yourself. Like there's some days you're going to do this really well. And some days you did it. I didn't do it really, really well Saturday, but I'm not continuing being myself up on it this week. I'm just like trying to figure out what's going on with me and showing up from that place. And that is where we get real growth that's sustainable. And when we are moving ahead and becoming the people, it's all about who we're becoming. Right. And so if you have any questions about this, or you feel like you're in a cycle that you can't get out of with defense with um, a person where you quickly go to defense whenever you're in conversations with this person, it is so worth working I, with one session. Honestly, I could help you um, kind of change your thought patterns and be able to give you some tools to um, use it. And a lot of it is scripting it out in your brain. So then when it happens, that totally would happen with my child. Like I'd scripted it out in my brain. And so when it happened, I was able to really be present and, oh, I so love them. And I love me in that moment. And it was just like such a win. And so there is opportunity to never feel defensive. <laughs> I, like I, I said, I feel it a lot slower, but it was so good for me to feel it again because I was like, oh, look at how I felt it. And I didn't use tools I teach. And I see then again, once again, it taught me how powerful it is and how the whole reason we do this is so you can experience people better and you feel that love and that compassion for you and them. And it, that is the win. That's what we want to feel every day. And obviously that's what Christ felt for Martha. And that is who we're trying to be like. So um, if you want to work with me, just go to Jenny Hunter. And my name is kind of spelled funny. It's J-E-N-I-E. -E. My dad spelt it um, on my birth certificate. Everybody calls me Jeannie, but it's JennyHunterCoaching.com. And just sign up with the session. I'd love to work with you. Have a great day and happy beginning of summer. Where have you found the support that you and your family needs? 
I would be honored to be that support. I have helped hundreds of families learn how to create stronger relationships. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for you. Please come check out liftedtogether.com. You will coach with me in a one-on-one safe private space. You will also find hours of content that will teach you the practical tools on how to make your faith and family stronger. So when you are ready to thrive in your faith and as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com.